Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout-out like these people, or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Have you been looking for an easy way to find more great podcasts for kids like Tumble? Or maybe you want a place for your kids to listen and discover podcasts on their own. We have great news for you. With Kids Listen, we've made the first ever listening app for kids at app.kidslisten.org. Go there and you'll find all sorts of awesome kids shows by some of our friends like Brains On, Stories Podcast, and NPR's new podcast for kids, Wow in the World. All of these shows are just for kids and they're in one place at app.kidslisten.org. Well, welcome everybody to the last Tumble episode of this season. This season we've boogied down to the moho, hung out with a vomiting robot named Larry, and turned our bathroom into a science lab. Don't forget how we adopted a whale shark. That's kind of a big deal, because now we're the parents of a big fish that lives in the Gulf of Mexico. The biggest fish in the world. We've done a lot with some amazing scientists, and thank you all so much for joining us. It wouldn't be nearly as fun without you. Especially thanks to everyone who sent in questions, drawings, and recordings. We love getting them. We're already working on our next season, so stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter and on our Patreon page, where we'll be adding educational materials throughout the summer. Speaking of Patreon, thanks to Patrick and Cecile Cole and Eliza Martin. If you'd like to be as awesome as Patrick, Cecile, and Eliza, go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. As little as $1 gets you an ad-free version of the podcast, and for $5, you'll get access to all of our educational materials. Now we have a surprise announcement. At the end of the summer, we're moving to Barcelona, Spain for a year. We'll be spending our time making tumble, walking instead of driving, and exploring Europe. If you live in Europe and know of any cool scientists there we should meet, let us know. We're excited to spread tumble across the planet. 
and to share our family's journey with you. And now for the show. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're talking about something we all make as waste. It's stinky, it's brown, and it's gross. It's poop! We're traveling through the human body, into space, and inside a research clinic to introduce you to the science of poop. Get ready for a lot of gross-out moments. There's going to be more than one. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible has a special offer for Tumble listeners. Enjoy books in a whole new way. Listen anywhere, anytime. Try Audible free by texting AUDIBLE to 500-500. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, as you probably already know. They're a must for summer road trips. One book we recommend is My Life with Chimpanzees. You and your kids will love hearing the inspiring story of Jane Goodall's journey from her childhood fascination with animals to her amazing career as a scientist, narrated by Goodall herself. Audible also produces original audio shows like Extra Credit that Lindsay produces with music from me. You can use the Audible app to browse what feels like a nearly infinite amount of audio. You'll never run out of things to listen to. To check it out, text AUDIBLE to 500-500. That's AUDIBLE to 500-500 for a free trial. We recorded this question at UT Girls' Day, a festival celebrating STEM at the University of Texas here in Austin. I'm Elizabeth, I'm 10 years old, and I live in Texas, and my science question is, why do humans poop? (laughs) What makes you wonder that? Because I just think it's gross. Why do you think that humans poop? I have no idea. How do you think that scientists might find out? I'm not sure. You think they'll have to actually look at poop? Maybe. <laughs> People already do that to like monkeys and apes and poop already, so we found that out before. So, Would you ever look at poop to find out? No. Okay, you're going to leave that to other people. Okay, that's a great question. There's one thing I would definitely want to outsource. It's looking at poop. Um, but could you come into the bathroom? Just for a second. Nope. I want to show you something. (laughs) Believe it or not, there are people who aren't grossed out by poop. They're fascinated by it. Writer Mary Roach is one of them. We poop because we eat. Mary Roach is one of my favorite science writers, and she wrote a book called Gulp, all about the epic journey food takes from your mouth to your rectum and into the toilet. We need to eat food to have the energy to fuel all of the different parts of our bodies, and we absorb as much of it as we can, but there's some stuff we can't absorb. Our bodies are experts at separating what we eat by the stuff we need, that nutritional goodness, from the stuff we can't digest. Like that nickel you accidentally swallowed, or corn bits. And that makes its way along the intestine, and water gets absorbed out, so it gets harder and harder, this sort of leftover waste material. And it makes its way down to the rectum. Your rectum is at the end of your large intestine, 
the last stop on the line before your anus. <laughs> to use the scientific term. The rectum is a nice sort of compost bin, wastebasket, but it only holds so much and you don't want that to burst, so you poop it out. Oh, bursting. <laughs> Sounds really bad. <laughs> So basically, you poop because if you didn't, you would explode, like your rectum would explode in your body. That is true. And that's also, that's also um, why we fart. Not that anybody asked. Just remember that next time somebody farts around you, they're doing it so that they don't explode. Yeah, but I still think that the person who's about to explode could at least be considerate and open a window or something. Or you know, just in your intestines, you've got gas in there, and if there's more and more gas building up from the food being broken down, uh, at a certain point, um, if you didn't fart, you might burst the tube, and that could be deadly. So when you fart, it's like a life-saving reflex. Okay, so we poop and we fart because it's our body's way to get rid of waste. But why would scientists spend time thinking about it? Well, there's two main reasons. The first is what I like to call poop engineering. So that's like the uh, sewage system? Yeah, but my favorite example is pooping in space. The pooping element of space travel was a real bugger. Apparently, you don't really notice how much you rely on gravity for pooping until you're dealing with zero gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that before. I guess the poop wouldn't really like separate or like float around in the air. <laughs> yeah, it would just and you'll just be in space and a turd would go flying by. <laughs> it's like being in the pool, but worse. <laughs> Ew, get out of that pool. Exactly. On the International Space Station, astronauts now have super high-tech toilets that vacuum seal poop into little baggies. But during the first trips into space, space engineers just hoped for no tummy trouble. They just basically designed the food to constipate the astronaut so that they wouldn't need to poop. They're like, you know, we've got these bags for you, but they're pretty gross. You're probably not going to want to use them. So we're just going to try to like plug you up. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NASA actually just held what they called the space poop challenge to design a better way to poop while wearing a spacesuit. Right now, astronauts just wear something called a waste collection garment. <laughs> or a space diaper. Yes, it uh, brings me such joy. <laughs> the other big reason to study poop is for your health. Well, what does poop have to do with health? Well, for a long time, scientists and doctors thought poop and everything that came along with it was unhealthy. They came up with treatments to basically wash yourself out. They called it internal bathing. And they had this false belief that you wanted, because it's gross and, and dirty, you wanted to get it out of your body as quickly as possible. We now know that's not a good way to treat your poop. You know, the human body evolved to get rid of its waste in the best way, and that's what it does. And there isn't any need to be hosing yourself out through the butt, but that's what people used to do. So why did scientists change their thinking? Well, they started actually looking at poop and what it's made of. So there's a lot of studies these days on all the bugs and germs and bacteria in your gut and how those affect your health. 
it's not just your undigested food that ends up in your poop. Trillions of tiny bacteria, both good and bad, hitch a ride out of your body. Uh, something like a third of the solid weight of poop is these little creatures themselves. Whoa, that's a lot of tiny creatures. Yeah, our bodies are home to huge communities of bacteria. And it turns out that if you don't have the right kind of bacteria in your gut, you can get really sick. Mary investigated it for her book. I spent some time with a, a doctor who has been studying poop transplants. Poop transplant? That is horrifying. What is it? <laughs> it's when you take the poop of a healthy person with lots of good bacteria in it and give it to a sick person who doesn't have enough good bacteria. There's one condition that tends to be used for because they've done the data and they can see how incredibly effective it is. And that's for an infection with some, a bacteria called C. diff, C. difficile. C. diff causes diarrhea and other symptoms that are so bad, people can't go to school, they can't go to work. It makes life really hard. If you take an antibiotic to kill them, sometimes that works just fine. But sometimes a few of them survive by hiding out in these little caves in your guts. And then they repopulate really quickly and now you're sick all over again. Fecal transplants, as they're properly called, break this cycle. The Mayo Clinic, a medical research center that does the procedure, has a 90 to 100% success rate. Wow, I don't think I've ever had a 90 to 100% success rate at anything. So even if the idea is icky, patients are really eager to get this treatment. So how does a poop transplant work? Mary watched this process herself in a research lab in Minnesota. And I saw the guy come in, the guy who was donating his poop, and he has this brown paper bag and he hands it over. He goes, not my best work. Oh man, so you basically poop in a bag. Pooping for science. It's important. <laughs> they put it under a fume hood so nobody has to smell anything. And that there's a blender in there and it's just like a blender you would have in your kitchen. And they would blend it up and they would make the, it's kind of like a poop smoothie. And then they brought that back to put it in the patient who needed the different bugs in his guts. Poop smoothie? Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds like the grossest smoothie ever made in like no contest. I, I'm afraid to ask how it gets to the sick patient. Let's be clear, no one drinks a poop smoothie. <laughs> I mean, it looks like coffee with cream. So what do they do with it? In the hospital, the doctors used a tool that they use for a common colonoscopy. It's a long black hose with controls to release the poop materials into the patient. And before the procedure, the patient took antibiotics that wiped out his own bacterial community. So that allowed the donor's good bacteria to easily spread into their new home. And two days later, he was feeling much better. I mean, as long as it works. That's right. This particular patient had been so sick he couldn't eat. A lot of people credit fecal transplants with curing their disease and saving their lives. So poop is serious medicine. Yeah, and since Mary witnessed this patient get healed, Doctors have started making pills, which is a li little less intrusive. And the, you know, to, to have a capsule that you swallow is a little less freaky for people, I think. I mean, it's all relative. Like, I don't know how I would feel about swallowing a poop pill. 
you might feel a lot better about it if you've been like cramped up for months upon months. <laughs> You'd be like, give me that poop pill. I guess, whatever to make it better. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that fecal transplants in any form are not something that you're going to find in most hospitals. The general ick factor might be kind of holding it back. The scientists who are pushing it forwards are truly poop pioneers. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's a rare form of bravery to work with poop. It's also kind of fun. They get to heal people and there's just endless joke opportunities. I went to a party at the home of the doctor who was doing the poop transplants. And they had a blender and they were putting chocolate and ice cream and they were making poop smoothies and serving them to people and they had made chocolate covered bananas. You have now ruined chocolate covered bananas for me forever. More bananas for me. <laughs> so they definitely had a sense of humor about poop. They were very funny people. So what else do you think scientists could learn from poop? We want to know. Send us a recording or email to tumblepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Mary Roach. Mary Roach's book, Gulp, along with her many other great books, are available on Audible and listeners can get her audiobook for free with a 30-day trial membership by going to audible.com slash tumble. Again, that's audible.com slash tumble. So this is our last episode in the season, but we'll be back in the fall. In the meantime, tell all of your friends about Tumble. You have the power to make their summer road trips more enjoyable. Use it wisely. And don't forget to check out the Kids Listen app at app.kidslisten.org for more great podcasts like Tumble and an easy way to listen to our show. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. Thanks to our intern for the season, Andrea Gonzalez. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I write and produce this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all the music. Stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. See you next fall. Give me a Z.